second chapters. Uh, I'll be picking out parts of it. Today is what day? Mother's Day. Would all mothers stand up and let's see just how many mothers we have in our midst this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Usher, did you get a count on that real quick before they sit down? We got one up here that isn't even standing up. Come on, you two. Two of them. Okay. 20. All right. Praise the Lord. And one out in the nursery, and we probably got some up in the, some upstairs, and, and, uh, so when I talk to mothers, I'm talking to a pretty good percentage of, uh, our congregation. I found a, a poem written by a Catherine Blackburn Peck, and I'd like to read it to you. Mothers with Courage... Mothers who pray, these are the kind that the world needs today. Mothers who think, who study and plan. Mothers who laugh as much as they can. Having the gift that is better than money, the habit of seeing that some things are funny. Mothers whose faith never waver nor falter. Mothers whose spirit the world never alter. Loving the right and scorning the wrong, facing the problems of life with a song. Mothers whose bravery transcend their fears, winning the battle with patience and tears. Never submitting to weakness or sin, storming heaven's gates till the children are in. Mothers heroic, not guilty of whining, Hands graced with service and faces with shining. Mothers of pure uh, virtue and faith. Steadfast in life and triumph and death. Looking beyond the dark pathway of sorrow. Seeking a home in God's joyous tomorrow. Leading the children, pointing the way. These are the mothers the world needs today. I also found... Uh, something written by a missionary to the Middle East, Ross Byers, and I'd like to read it to you. It says, Historically, mothers give more time and energy to rearing children than they do fathers. Than do fathers. Therefore, they exert a greater influence in shaping their uh, personalities, moral values, and spiritual lives. The greatest influence in the life of most people is their mothers. But with the rise of the working mother, a generation is emerging which is influenced more by television, babysitters, and school teachers than by their mothers. Boy, that says a volume, doesn't it? it says a volume. It reminds me of Judges chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, where it talks about uh, the death of Joshua. And it says there, after the whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what had been
been done in Israel. Just one generation away. God, it's so important that we reach this generation. That we do our job as a church. And we can't do it without mothers. Mothers, we're depending on you. The greatest ministry you can have is to your own children. For what profit is it if we gain the whole world and lose our own souls or the souls of our children? We're in danger of losing our godly heritage. How many believe that? The United States is setting on the brink of destruction. When they break into buildings and they break into churches, while we were at council, there was a prayer request came forth asking for one uh, preacher. I, I didn't gather what city he was in. He was from Tennessee, but I believe he was pastoring in New York uh, City somewhere. And they asked prayer for him because someone had broke into his church and shot him. As I told you, our friends that was here that were the Wycliffe translators, or are the Wycliffe translators to Peru, have been receiving death threats. We're on the very brink of destruction. They have no qualms about whether it's a church or whether it's a secular organization or what it is, if they want to break in, if they want to destroy, they're going to do it. The gate that was out here just between our church and the building next door, they smashed it all to smithereens here a couple of nights ago. They broke into the building next door and nothing to keep them from breaking into this one except prayer. Except God intervenes. I'm telling you, the more I deal with young people, the more I realize the need for godly homes. Godly homes. What we need is we need a Jochebed who brought forth Moses. We need a Sarah that gave us Isaac. We need a Eunice or a Grandmother like uh, Lois that produced Timothy. Or we need a Hannah that gave us Samuel the prophet. Or we need a Mary who, in the face of everything, even knowing the suffering she was going to have to go through and so forth, brought forth Jesus. Obedient women. Women filled with the Spirit of God.
Now there was a certain man, of Ramathaim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, uh, I'll get it out of my mouth in a minute, Jehoram, the son of Elahu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. That's a mouthful. <clears throat> and he had two wives, and, he and the name of one of them was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all his sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. What a predicament. Family life, there should have been only one wife to begin with. And having multiple marriages destroys a society. It's got so in this day and age, when you ask what a child's last name is, it may not be the same as the mother's, or it may not be the same as the father's. You don't know what name they're going to have. Multiple marriages causes conflicts, and there was conflicts going on in the time of the judges. There was a generation there that knew not the Lord, and they needed a leader. They needed a leader bad, and we need leaders today. And <clears throat> Hannah, she went up to Shiloh to worship. Well, how can you worship when everything you do, you're being plagued by this other woman, being taunted, because you don't have a son, and she's got all kinds of children. And so we find that, first of all, Hannah was a praying mother. Verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said to the Lord of hosts, If you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then will I give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. She even prayed so hard that she gave Eli a lesson. She was there praying, and it said that she was so taken up in the spirit 
that as she prayed, no words came out of her mouth. And the high priest sitting there by the door thought that she was drunk, and she was in the spirit. And we've seen some in this church get drunk in the spirit. And she was praying, and no words was coming out. And so he rebuked her. And she said, I'm not drunk as you think I am. I'm, I'm vexed in my spirit, and I've been pouring out my spirit to God. This woman knew how to pray. And she prayed earnestly for a child even before he was born. You know, in recent years, they found that a mother is really doing something good if she talks to her child while it's still in the womb, sings to it. You see, it's not just not eating or, or drinking uh, certain things, but it's how you feel. It's being transmitted to this child. If you're discouraged, it's being transmitted to that child. Uh, alcohol affects the child. Drugs affects the child, right? We've seen the, the results of some of that uh, David, because of his parents uh, being in drugs. But they say you should sing to your baby. Can you imagine Mary sitting there singing to her baby? I mean this Mary. But you know that that is soothing to that child. That influences that child. You may not think so, but it does, according to what they've found out here recently. And I think that you ought to begin praying over your child from its earliest years from even before the womb. Begin praying for that child before the child even comes into existence. Pray for that child. That child is so important. You know, God gives the children to us and it's an awesome responsibility. And as mothers, you've got a wonderful chance there of influencing that child, either for good or for bad. I don't know how many here has heard the story before, so I'm going to tell it real quick. It's already 12 o'clock, so I'll try to make it short. But I was, due to an accident that my mother had trying to get a horse out of the mud, I was born premature, 
And in those days, they didn't have incubators and so on, and, and it was too far to the doctors. So she had a midwife, uh, and a, the doctor came to the house. And I was small, uh, right around four pounds, and the doctor said to the midwife, don't bother to wash him up. He's not going to make it till tomorrow morning. And the midwife, who was a good friend of my mother, said, well, at least he's going to have a clean burial. So she washed me up, and uh, she gave me to my mother. Uh, I spent some time with some blankets on the oven door there to get warm to begin with, I guess. But my mother cuddled me to her breasts, and she held me all night long praying over me. You don't know what influence that has on a child to know that your mother loves you that much. And so as these stories was told to me, you see, God had another plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When it came time <clears throat> for Hannah to give up Samuel, give him back to the Lord, I think it was probably one of the most difficult things any woman could do. How many of you would like to give your child away? Difficult. Difficult. She had, it wasn't given away at birth, it was given away after she'd weaned him. Actually, he was old enough to, so that uh, he didn't need a, uh, he, uh, someone to really look after him that much. He, he was put into the priesthood. <laughs> he, was, he was put into the temple to live. He was at a point where he could kind of take care of himself a little bit. And she gave him up. She turned him loose. And here's where most mothers run into problems. We've got to prepare our children and prepare ourselves that one day we just give them over to the Lord. And that's a hard, hard thing to do. I can remember when my oldest son left. My wife took it fairly decent. <clears throat> when the second one left, she wasn't moving that far away from home, so that didn't, didn't go over too bad. The third one, She took it a little harder because he moved out of the vicinity. But when the last one left the nest, she was devastated. Can you imagine, Hannah? <laughs> Lord, he's in your hands. 
I've lent him to the Lord for as long as he might live. He's yours. I've done everything that I can do for him now. It's up to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, that doesn't stop us from loving them. It doesn't stop us from praying for them. Nor should it. If we've done our job, though, they're, they're ready. Hannah wrote a song in chapter 2. She says, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides thee. That's a song. That's a song that was in her heart as she thought about her child and given her child to the Lord. <clears throat> she gave God the most precious possession she had. And I believe that this act was equal to that of Abraham giving his only son. Both of them had prayed for, for, the, for this child. And both of them was willing to give that child up. And she gave her very best to God. And because she gave her very best to God, God gave his best. You know, I can't think of one judge, as I read over the judges of Israel, that had the influence that Samuel had on that nation. Oh, if we had just had a Samuel in the United States today, he could revolutionize, turn the people's hearts back to the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sure he wasn't, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't because he was raised in Eli's house that he turned out to be such a judge. After all, look at uh, chapter 2 and verse 12. It says, now, now the sons of Eli were corrupt. Sure wasn't, wasn't Eli's influence, was it? It must have been that early influence and that early prayer and the prayers that continued by Hannah. He was different from Eli's sons. <clears throat> and this action kind of foreshadows what God has done. He gave his son, and his son is a priest, a prophet, and a judge, the same as Samuel. And then Hannah knew how to serve. Look at verse 29 of chapter 2. 
Hallelujah. Uh, 29 of chapter 2. Um, must, uh, 19, I'm sorry, 19 of chapter 2. Moreover, his mother used uh, to make him little robe, uh, make him a little robe, and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Even though the child had left home and hadn't left the mother's heart, you know, you're a mother forever. You're a mother forever. I don't care how many children you have, each one's special. And it doesn't matter whether they live at home or live away from home. They never leave your heart. Mine, very early this morning, called on the phone, wanted to be the first one to wish her my uh, happy Mother's Day. Of course, Mom's eyes didn't light up at all. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You know, servanthood and motherhood are synonymous. No one spends more time in a thankless service than a mother. They're cooking, they're washing, they're mending, they're cleaning, they're running. Mom, can you do this? Mom, can you do that? Well, I'm telling you. You want a busy schedule, all you got to do is be a mom. No one has more demands on their time than a mother. And we got one day out of the year that we say, thank you, mom. And one day out of the year when we thank God for our moms. Amen? Young people... You know, there's something about young people that we don't think too far ahead. I remember when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, very thoughtless. How much time would it have taken to pick up a phone and call mom? or How much time would it have taken for me to send a card and say, Mom, I love you. You know what? I'd give almost anything if I could just pick up the phone this morning and call my mom. But my mom is not, not on this earth anymore. I can't do it. I don't think anybody's had any more influence over my life than my mother. Some of you older people can identify with what I'm saying. Just love to call mom, wouldn't you? Do it while you can. Hannah was a virtuous woman, and I'm, I'm not going to preach on virtuous women because start with some of you women, you look at that and you say, <clears throat> who can ever be like the virtuous woman in, Psalm, or in uh, Proverbs 31? 
I mean, she had a hobby uh, that was her full-time occupation. She would get the flax, she'd dye the flax, she'd take the flax and make thread out of it, she'd take the thread and make uh, clothing out of it, she'd take the clothing and give some to the poor, she, she dressed her family, she sold some, bought a field, and planted a vineyard, and uh, it says, who can find a virtuous woman? And you women say, oh boy. Well, I want to tell you something. Anyone who has a, a wife that'll stand there by his side year in and year out and, and, and uh, urge him along as my wife has me, she deserves a medal. I mean, she moved 26 times in, the, is a, in that many years. She traipsed the world over. She went to Japan with a, one kid in hand and the other in her arm, all by herself. She took care of those kids when I was out, out at sea. I spent eight, uh, six years, six years on sea duty. Spent a year in isolation in Africa. You can imagine what my kids would have grown up to be if, I, if it had depended on me. I just wasn't there. Praise God for moms. Praise God for moms. Amen? Hallelujah. Hannah, I believe, won the respect of her husband. I think she had the love of her children, her child, and you know she influenced a nation. She influenced the nation. They say a man is mighty; he governs land and sea. He wields a mighty scepter, or lesser power than he. But a mighty power and stronger man from this throne has hurled. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. You don't know how much power God put in your hand when he gave you those children. Betty and I appreciate the women of this church. I'm going to ask her to come up here with me. And we just got some little tokens here for the moms. So if we could get the moms to come up and just form a line across here so that we could give you something, all right? We're going to pray for them while they're up here. That's all right. Use what you need. Mom, a line. Let's see how, how, how you can set the example. A nice line so I can walk right down the line. Yeah, you might as well get in line there too. And we'll... <clears throat> Someone said if you really love these moms, you know what you'd do? You'd get them an air conditioner. 
So, I got some air conditioners. Use this air conditioner well during our services. Put it in your purse, bring it with you. I know the board approved these air conditioners. <laughs> expense, very, held on the expenses. <clears throat> we also want to give you something to uh, mark the place of First Samuel so you can read that again. The, the air conditioner? <laughs> no, she just got uh, oh, she's got to get an air conditioner. We we got some that are that are uh, teaching uh, some of these um, uh, Sunday schools. So we, we need some men volunteers to go relieve these ladies. Because <clears throat> I know Bernie isn't. Was Bernie down here? Where's she? We need somebody to go down and relieve her. Did I give you an air conditioner? Oh, there's your air conditioner. We'll wait for Bernie and whoever's... The one that was upstairs is down here, right? Sandy, okay. Oh, uh, Kathy Barrick? All right, who wants to take Kathy Barrick? you want to take Kathy's? Nicole, Nicole, would you come up and get with this for your mother? She thought she was talking when she shouldn't have been or something. She thought I was going to chew her out. Uh, is there any other mothers that we missed? She's got pets. Bernie, you, you've, you've been suffering from the heat, and so we, we decided to get an air conditioner for you. And a bookmark for for First uh, Samuel chapter one and two, so you can read that. <clears throat> Pardon? Vada? Sure. Who who wants to take Vada's tour? We got it. We got it. We're going to take it up to Uh Bernie, would you take Vada's tour? Yes, because I got some paper. Okay. 
How about your mother? Because she's on our mailing list and everything. Harriet. Okay. Who who would like to take Harriet's tour? I will. Okay. Sally Warner. Pats? She's got Pats. Who would like to take Sally Warner's tour? Did you get one, dear? Okay. Your daughter isn't here this morning. She's a mother. You'll take Sally's? Karen Barnes, right. All right. All right, take, take, take the bookmark. Tell her that goes to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2. And that's her air conditioner for when she comes to church. We got that. Have we missed any mothers? We don't want to miss anyone. There's a few. I think we came out just about right. No, I got another box full here, so if... How about Angel Stedge? Angel Stedge. Okay, who wants to take care of that one? You going to take care of that too? If I've forgotten any, they can see me later. There's some left, all right? Now, what I would like is I would like... Gil? Gil is... Uh, He's got out of everything this morning. I'd like you to come up here and lead us in a prayer for these mothers. Some of your children, if, you, uh, if your mom's standing here and you want to stand behind her and kind of lay your hands on them uh, well, while they're praying, that would be good. If your mom's in the line, you stand there and lay your hands on her and pray for her. Now, we'll wait just a second for these young people to get into place. Okay. Everybody who their mother is up here is behind their mother, right? Okay, would you lead us in that prayer then? Dear Lord, we recognize that everyone here has a mother or does have a mother. We recognize the true value of love that's been showered upon each one of us. <coughs> we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that <coughs> their love can be conducive to our even coming to the Lord. And God, I pray that you would instill with each life here, and each mother here especially, the necessity of a holy love that reaches out to a child, and in turn, that child will reach out to God. Lord, we just thank you for the example in your word. Directs us to this truth that's been brought forth this morning. We pray to Heavenly Father that each one here would endeavor to exercise that gift of love that God has bestowed upon that person that has known Jesus. To exercise that love to the place of reaching out to their own children, realizing the value that they can instill in that child and, and mold their life to a, to a life of godliness. In these days, we need this type of lifestyle. We need the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that's been given to us. Help us, Lord, to recognize this love, this agape love, Lord, that touches lives and changes lives for the good. We pray to Heavenly Father, you bless each life here this morning. May we sense your holy love and be encouraged to walk in the Spirit 
Dirk's sister be encouraged to reach out in love to those that may be not even from our own family, but to others within our midst this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your holy love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May God's blessings rest upon you.